Brand New Magazine and Podcast exist to inspire, motivate and invigorate women to step into their businesses as truly themselves. Full of real life stories, practical solutions and inspirational ideas from fellow entrepreneurs. Each issue has a different theme that showcases the many values, beliefs and morals that women build their businesses around today. So, be your business and brand you. The power of colour is inescapable in business and it can be used in so many ways. In this, the colourful issue of Brand New Magazine and Podcast, we will be celebrating bright, vibrant businesswomen who live and breathe rainbows both personally and professionally. Claire is the founder of Bon Maxi and she is a research and design queen when it comes to getting organised. Bon Maxi manufactures funky accessories and jewellery holders that are big on clever features and small on hassle. Let's dig in to find out how Claire makes your mess less stressy. One of the very first things that attracted me to you was the name. I'd never heard anything like it before. So can you tell us a little bit about the reasoning behind the name Bon Maxi? Yeah, the name came about originally my brand was all about nursery prints and nursery artwork and it started because I was at home with my son Max and I thought about Max and me prints and Max and me this and I thought it was a little bit too restrictive um, if I decided to expand so we call him Maxi and it sounded a bit French so I threw a bon in front of it and uh, Bon Maxi is where it's at. <laughs> so how did your business come about? You've already mentioned that you were doing artworks and you were at home with your son. Can you tell us a little bit about your story about how you came to have Bon Maxi? Back in 2015, I'd had a baby. I'd been working pretty heavily in consultancy as a marketer and I'd done the advertising before that. So pretty intense environments and I hadn't really done many creative things for a while. And I have a history of painting artist really and I hadn't painted in so long. So when I suddenly found myself with a lot of time while Max was sleeping, I felt quite lost and I started painting again. And then I also tried to look for a mother's group or some kind of a community online because Facebook groups weren't really a thing back then. And I hopped onto Instagram and I realized that there was this whole community of small businesses doing amazing things. And I thought, well, if they can do it, I could probably start trying to sell something too. You know, I've got a marketing background. I can do this. And I started a website and I threw some prints up online and made first <laughs> sale 12 weeks after that, which was insane. It started from there. And then uh, I'd always done custom portraits, little kids and family, kind of like a cartoony style. And so I started doing that as well. And so that was the beginning of and obviously it's taken a big segue from that point as well hasn't it mm -hmm. it has you manufacture bags and wallets that you have designed yourself as well as jewelry holders as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where did that leap happen I think it was probably a grid eight or nine months after I started the business like my books were full with custom portraits I was getting a bit more active and I was really starting to panic that I wasn't going to be able to sustain and now I thought I was busy back then <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to sustain what I was doing so I thought if I can make something that takes a little less time like each portrait was taking me two or three hours if I can make something that that I can bulk create that helps people so isn't just a luxury item which a portrait really is then that might be a better option uh, to introduce a product like that into our stores yeah one day I was just rummaging through my five or six jewelry dishes on my dresser and I was panicking because I couldn't uh, find a matching earring 
and my husband was ready to get out the door and we were both frustrated and I just thought, oh, hang on, wouldn't it be good if I could see everything that I have all at one glance? There's probably a better way. So I took a little bit of research and I found that there was a lot of chicken wire earring holders and a lot of uh, clear plastic. And I thought, well, I mean, I like colour. I've got uh, you know, an arty background and I feel like this could probably be a bit nicer. So I made quite an intricate design on a piece of wood that I'd hand cut and I'd hand drilled and I popped that on Instagram and the response was crazy. I suddenly realised there were all these tiny networks of earring makers uh, in Australia that popped out of the woodwork and I thought, oh, okay, yep, yep, I think I'm onto something here. So it grew from there. Eventually I dropped the portraits and the nursery artwork because I felt like I was getting out of that baby zone. My son fell ill when he was nine months old and I didn't want to be thinking about baby stuff because I was in a bit of a bad space at that point. So I took it as a sign that I needed to pivot, keyword of 2020, but back then pivoted and thought, no, I need to really give this uh, jewellery holder thing a crack. I was getting more demands for bigger sizes, hanging versions, different colours, started getting stockists asking for product it started to grow into something quite different to what I thought it would be and I tried to categorize it as prints artwork prints and accessory holders and that really didn't make sense at all so I needed to review what my whole business was about and the theme that just kept coming up was I'm helping mess become less dressy and I think that's really where the handbags and the wallets have come from that my problems have turned into products that help solve those problems and I've just kept my fingers crossed uh, this entire time that other people have the same problems that I do so it's worked out quite nicely I think we're all a little bit disorganized so that's that's kind of the evolution of where we are. I don't spend a lot of money on my jewelry but it's so I can have a lot of it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I've always struggled to find stuff like that like it's never quite considered especially those chicken wire ones Jesus. (laughs) I swear like they got more tangled than the actual jewellery was in the first place. <laughs> so now you are running an e-com business. I mm-hmm. have seen how fast things fly off your shelves. I mean, admittedly, let's be honest, 2020 has been a bit of a bitch for sourcing stuff. Oh, yes, it has. But in a lot of ways, like I saw how fast you just sold out of your mo- most recent new release that you've done. And by the time I had clicked the one that I was after, it was gone. Yeah, I was quite as just as surprised as you. But I'm not surprised in that, that it's a gorgeous product that you make. Like you can see it is quality. Thank you. You mentioned earlier that a big part of what you do, you quite happily go down research and design exploration vortexes where you dig in deep. How does that process work oh, yeah. for you? And what are some of the discoveries you've made? Like I know that research can be a big deal for a lot of businesses. They don't know where to start. Research is a huge factor. And I think so many people just say, oh, that's a good idea. And then they just start a business and, and run with that when there's really not a gap and there's not a distinction um, between what they're selling and what the next door neighbor you know, store is selling to. I think really drilling down into what problem, it's, it's, you know, the age old marketing question is what problem are we solving? And I think that's really where I feel like I've excelled at in my own headspace because I really get angry about things that probably shouldn't be getting angry about. But I think, well, there's a problem here. What can I do to solve it? And I think now uh, I, I look for problems in my day-to-day life because I'm looking for next product ideas. So I think that's kind of you know, it's taken a full 360 that problems present themselves. Whereas before, you know, when you're looking for a problem to create a product. So yeah, I think in terms of development, you just start looking around you and working out what gap you can fill 
who you're marketing to, you know, price points, materials, all of that. And it's a real process that I think people don't realise how big it is. But having notepads everywhere helps. Having Google at your fingertips helps. And also having access to a gazillion other, you know, Instagram businesses that you hop on and you have a look and you see what people are doing. That really helps to get an idea of what you should be, could be, shouldn't be doing. Yeah, it's a lot easier, I think, to start a business than it ever has been. I felt so seen when recently you ran people through all the different perks of your bags. You know, I feel like going out handbag shopping is like shopping for a pair of jeans. The worst. (laughs) Finding exactly what you're after can be so hard. Every time you went through something, I was like, yes, that's what I look for, especially the light lining. I'm terrible for just chucking things in my bag and I swear to God they become a black hole. But if I can actually see what's in there, then it doesn't happen so much. Clearly, you have an amazing marketing background because you have marketed your products beautifully. From a branding designer's point of view, the branding is completely and utterly on point for you. Felt like I knew you before I jumped on this conversation because it is so true to who you are. I'm glad. (laughs) I'm glad that's coming across. (laughs) A lot of what always has confronted me about, you know, e-commerce and especially manufacturing a product It's a lot. For anyone that's thinking about heading down this path, what sorts of guidance do you have and what sorts of things have you learned along the way that have been Mm. invaluable? I like to think I'm different, but I'm really not that different to other people in the sense that I've been a handmade product that was scaled and if I had to do it again I probably wouldn't do it that way mainly because you know everything like I mentioned before every every earring holder used to be hand cut we a house was full of sawdust and then we used to hand drill every single hole and we you know notched up about a million holes that we drilled by hand before we thought oh a machine could probably do a better job than we could so we've been through the process of how things start I knew the whole size that I needed. I knew the finishes on the wood that I needed. I knew that I needed to find a better way instead of hand painting. We eventually got designs printed onto the wood. All of that came from problems that we had come up against and trying to find a solution within that problem. I think in terms of trying to find how to do that, it it depends what kind of business you want. If you want to be the artist who hand makes everything, be that person. I knew my limitations. And at some point when orders were coming in and I had to scramble to get products made and then we were staying up till one o'clock at night packing because I've been painting the whole day, you know, that was a problem that we needed to solve. So manufacturing turned into the solution. But to start with manufacturing, I mean, Google's your best friend, really. There is somebody out there doing everything, anything that you can think of. So it's just a matter of sorting through what it is that you really want, working out the problems that you'll come up against. And there will inevitably, without a doubt, be problems you never even imagined were possible even if you plan everything to a T like I do and I also go through all of the the worst case scenarios and I still can't plot where things are going to go wrong so just working through that and knowing that you have to do that is is your best friend really because you just have to push through if you've got an idea and you want to get it done you just have to push through and use whatever resource you can find. Problems are in a lot of ways are actually your best friend it sucks when you're in the moment like we've all been there we've all gone oh crap whether it's you know a client or whether it's a product it's still all the same there's still those things but taking a really proactive look at those types of things can actually change the direction of your business and it can actually make it better Mm -hmm. asking yourself that question how can I avoid this happening again? Sometimes being negative when you're starting out with something and focusing on all of the negatives most people would say that's a really bad attitude to take but I think it's damage control. Something does happen. You're not completely thrown off the handle with, you know, what you have to do. You've actually had a bit of a think about it. But if this does go wrong, 
I think I have an idea that this is the steps that I need to take to solve it. Yeah, and it can be really hard, especially when you're in that space by yourself, to get into like a bit of a spiral head space. So I feel like even just recognizing the thought patterns can make such a difference to how fast things can be solved as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was listening to Brene Brown podcast the other day and she said her way of dealing with, you know, whether or not she gets upset or stressed is does she know all of the facts? Then yes. And then does it warrant freaking out? Nine times out of 10, no. And then if she doesn't know all of the facts, then you really can't justify freaking out. Yeah, emotions come into play a lot in business. You need to pick your battles with yourself too and be kinder to to realize that you just have to deal and some things will definitely go wrong. It's no longer just you, you have a team now. Yeah, we do have a team. I was very purposeful in how we set up our team. I had worked on or in an online only business prior to this, and that was very pro-mother environment. And I was very conscious of ensuring that people don't feel the need to have to go to an office to do work, especially if they've got small children at home. And again, with our son, we have to drop everything sometimes and run and having an office full of people wasn't an option for us so we decided to kind of construct the business around that so we've got our graphic designer which is a whiz we've got our admin and customer service guru also a whiz and then we've got an external warehouse that packs our orders you know that's our team we talk to them every day but they're all essentially small businesses in themselves so we've got contractors that work with us and I've also got somebody who helps me with content and Digital Picnic is another crew that has been really fabulous in letting me let go of some of the stuff that I just don't want to do anymore because it takes up too much headspace. I've got a great team. It's working so well. I probably wouldn't change how we're set up at all. So in a lot of ways, you were almost prepared for 2020 and all that it held and that you were pretty much working remotely already. For other people that are considering doing that and starting to either look at contractors, it's a really scary space to be in. You know, as much as it can be full on when it's all just on you, the thought of the responsibility of someone else. How do you find the people that were right for you? It took a long time. I don't trust very easily. And I've also been burnt before with contractors that I, you know, have trusted, entrusted my brand with, and it's just not been the right fit. Hire slowly and fire quickly. That's easier said than done. But, you know, you start to get gut feelings about things and you just need to act on it. But uh, I think having contractors, that's an easy way to kind of cut ties if it's not working and that might be an easy way to test somebody out use them for a little bit and then work out whether it works and then move on if it doesn't I asked around a lot like our admin customer service she's worked with plenty of other businesses that I know and I was able to talk to her directly and talk to other people who've worked with her to see whether we have a similar style and with the graphic design we just happened to be next to each other at a market and we started chatting and she offered her services and I thought, mm, I'm not sure if you're the right fit, but then we got to know each other a bit better. And, you know, I think it's just getting to know people because work, the outcome of work and then the actual working style and the person that they are are two very separate things. Somebody can be a really efficient worker and produce great things, but if you don't get along with them as people, that's a big red flag. You're ultimately choosing for them to be a part of your family because this is, you know, it's really important to you. It is a huge part of your life so you're asking someone to come in and have your trust you have to be able to communicate you have to have, be able to have those tough conversations but you also need to be able to bitch and whinge where needs be as well yeah that's it have a bit of event <laughs> you have a marketing background and I know that you do outsource some of your marketing now as well when it was just you like you've got a huge following 
on Instagram. Like it's really impressive. I've seen the growth that you've gone through. It has grown in leaps and bounds. And a lot of that can come down to the fact that you are constantly looking for the next thing. You're constantly looking at improving on yourself as well. What do you put down as that thing that is key to building a loyal following on Instagram or social media in general? It really comes down to putting your face out there. I know that's the worst piece of advice that a lot of people would want to hear is because they just want to hide behind a brand and not have a face attached to it. But I started off with it just me. And I think at this point, because I am the one person who can explain my products the way that they need to be explained, I think it makes sense that I'm the one to do it. So I think especially with social media, we've been pushed towards video content very unsubtly. And I think it's just, I mean, the name stories on Instagram makes you think that perhaps people like watching stories and getting to know brands and the reasons behind it and behind the scenes. And without a doubt, that's the type of content that I know my followers resonate with because they get to know me and we have personal chats. I, you know, I have really in-depth conversations with people I've never met before. And I think that's been a huge part of both the business success and also, you know, the numbers on social media is vibe attracts the tribe, whatever that saying is. Because at the end of the day, you can't fake being yourself. It, it shows when you're inauthentic on social media. It really, and people are so cluey now and they're quite savvy when you're being sold something other side of the coin when somebody's genuinely sharing something that they really think is valuable. So I think that's been a huge, a huge reason why I feel like I've got a really amazing loyal customer base um, because they've been there, you know, from the start and they've really grown with me and we have conversations daily. Those conversations that you have with people, it comes all the way back full circle to research. You've got this amazing platform full of people that have already actively consumed what you're offering. And they're still there. <laughs> Precisely. And that they want to know what that next thing is. And so which actually brings me to a perfect segue to the next question. What is the next thing for Bomb Maxi? What are your plans for the future? I'd like to say I've got a five-year plan kind of mapped out, but I, I've learned even, you know, looking back, last year I have no idea that I mean we none of us knew that 2020 was going to look the way that it does currently so I think that's a bit of an example how you just can't predict what things are going to be like so I've got a very rough idea of some things that I wouldn't mind doing and of course you know I wouldn't be a smart business unless I had you know particular financial goals you know different goals like that that I wouldn't mind reaching but I really I dislike planning too far in advance now you know I try and focus on the three to six month mark because it's things change and we get thrown curveballs and I don't want to be so set in my ways that I can't change to suit that. Your brain sometimes goes on a tangent and that's the best idea. You have to have that flexibility to go a new way and realise that's okay. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of strictness put around what a business should look like. And I, I like the fact that, you know, our business environment is very online and it's not a traditional office and for some reason 2020 like I said that just worked for us that you know just really proves that you shouldn't be trying to be like everybody else in that there's always going to be problems to be solved and there's always going to be products that don't hit the mark because I think big business especially department chains or the cheaper department stores can they even be called department stores? They just get something out for a season and they just put it out there. It's cheaply made. There's Some of the stuff is literally falling apart on the shelves, but it's $2, so it doesn't matter. Ensuring that the problems that are needing to be solved are really thought through and creating products that, that last and it's not just a season. Certainly got a lot of things up my sleeve that I wouldn't mind solving whether or not I've got the idea of what the product is yet. I'm not too sure, but I know that there's a problem that I want to solve. So also perfecting 
products that we currently have. We're five years or so in now. The earring holder that I made on day dot is not the same thing that I'm about to release. I've got something new coming and it's far, far cry from you know, what it originally was. So I think there's always going to be changes and people give you feedback and you go, oh, can I consider that and incorporate that into a new design? So yeah, things are coming. I don't really like to think too much in advance, but I mean, I think that's the nice the nice thing about small businesses that you just go where the wind takes you. I think about what I thought my direction was going to be for my business when I first started out two and a half years ago. And I look at where I am now and, I, and it comes back to that, having that constant awareness is this where I want to be? Is this what I want to be doing? And how can I make some conscious decisions and movement and stuff like that? And I, I see some business that stagnate because they don't have that level of awareness. They just sort of keep ticking along. But I feel like innovation is so key. And asking questions, having conversations, building a community, all of those things can just make such a fundamental difference. And it might just give you that next aha moment. Yeah, I think especially being open to receiving feedback, whether or not it's negative or positive and I I hate any negativity because you know I take that to heart it's about me and it's about my brand so that's really difficult to hear that somebody's found something difficult or this has gone wrong on the post doesn't arrive but I think taking every little bit on board and if that's recurring it sometimes is actually an opportunity in disguise so I think yeah being open to receiving those little hints and looking out for them is really powerful because it does mean that you might you might end up on a completely different path but it might mean bigger and better things especially when you give yourself give yourself that two minutes to be like hmm no hmm." yeah (laughs) and then just go then then let grown-up you take over yeah, I feel like my inner child comes out way more working in business sometimes and just oh, have to get yeah. better at hiding it. <laughs> That's the problem with not having a boss. You don't have somebody to whip you back into, you know, productive mode. You wallow. <laughs> what would you say some of the key processes you've put in place to ensure that your e-commerce runs smoothly? Oh, I think that would be so different for each business, I'm sure. Getting somebody to look after customer service was a huge uh, a huge game changer, mainly because I wanted to progress my business. But when my inbox was suddenly flooded and, you know, some days it was 50 emails, some days it was none. On the days that I wanted to get something done, having another 50 emails suddenly appear in my inbox meant that that was all I was able to do. And I then, you know, had to push off my to-do list to the next day or the next week. Outsourcing before you think it's ready is, is probably a really key thing to do because if you know that you're getting successful, imagine if your incoming orders double or triple, can you manage that? So I think being able to predict where things could be in the next month or the next two months is really powerful thing to be able to do for yourself because it'll save a lot of stress later. Uh, we, I think we're coming up to our second year having our warehouse and we were packing orders up until one or two o'clock in the morning every night and then my son was waking up at three o'clock in the morning and then we started all over again so that we were drilling ourselves into the ground and I was looking for somebody to help but I couldn't find anybody who was going to take the care that we needed to with our product and there was just a conversation I had with somebody and we just happened to hear about this new business that was starting that was doing small business warehousing that we handed over the reins on Christmas Eve two years ago and that was the most amazing feeling to go well we can now stop you know I've done all of the marketing to make a sale and somebody else is going to complete that transaction so doing all that you can when you have to when you know if your budget's a limited sure but I think it gets to the point where you're just one person and you can't do everything so predicting yeah I think imagining if your business is doubled or tripled what would you do 
another thing that I always tell my clients is when they're getting to that point themselves as well is to really take stock about have you lost time to be able to give time to your passion? Like, why did you do this in the first place? And if you're stuck writing emails instead of designing and researching and finding the next thing for you, Mm. the progression is going to slow down or halt or even slide backwards because you're going to end up in burnout zone. Hustle is not a thing to aspire to at all. And I always say, look at the thing that you really despise doing the most. The thing that like literally you put off for days if you possibly could, that's where to start. You go, okay, cool. That's the area. For me to tell you the truth, it actually was something outside of my business. I work from home and I kept finding that if the house wasn't tidy, then I wasn't being productive. And so hiring a cleaner, wow, that was life changing. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you on that front too. We've got a cleaner as well. Yeah, it was preventing me from spending time working on the business or it was eating into my work day. So, you know, there are people out there who will have a business to do literally everything, anything. Um, so it's just finding somebody who can help and it frees you not having to feel guilty about not doing something else as well. And you do, you do kick yourself that you didn't do it sooner. You just go, this has made such a difference to my life. And it does flip your mindset. Like I have people say to me, you know, I'm a tight ass. I don't want to do that. One of my favorite formulas is going, okay, so how much would that take you to do? And my latest favorite term is procrastinate cleaning. <laughs> yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> so you go, I'm going to clean today. And the thing mm-hmm. that should take a cleaner three hours will take you six mm-hmm. hours because you're like, I deserve a Facebook break. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was joking to someone the other day that she sends me cleaning porn where she shows me what she's like organized and stuff like that while I'm out doing something else. (laughs) I look forward to her messages more than I look forward to my husband sometimes because it's like, (laughs) (laughs) but like just really being aware of where your energy goes, it flows. So like for me, if I spent six hours doing that cleaning, that six hours I could be doing work. And how much would I make doing that six hours work? That's it. And I think you're really conscious of that as a business owner is what does what does your time equate to and how much, you know, if you were to earn a, a dollar an hour, you know, how many dollars an hour would you be wasting doing something that you really didn't want to do? And you're not very good at potentially. It takes you six hours versus three, <laughs> especially when social media comes into it. Now, this is the colour issue of Brand New Magazine. So this whole next section is about colour. So do you have an earliest colour memory or a sign that colour was going to be a part of who you are and what you do? I have a mother who is very happy to help people explore their creativity. We were very much told that buying craft supplies, material, paint, that doesn't come with any, that's not a silly purchase. Whereas, you know, buying something like a a $2 top or something, that's a frivolous purchase. She would always, you know, we'd pop into Linkcraft on the weekends and I'd buy a bunch of fake flowers and I'd then make some kind of wall hanging out of it. She really let us just do whatever we wanted to do as long as it was creative. So I thought that was quite a powerful thing to grow up with. But she, in terms of the earliest colour memory, I think there's a photograph of me on the ground somewhere, you know, outside of our family home and I had some chalk and I just got all of these pictures around me that I've drawn on the ground and I think that's I mean it's still what I am now I've got stuff everywhere ideas everywhere so nothing's really changed but that you know I was very much 
into creativity and I think creativity cannot necessarily be black and white and then on top of that I and mum still has them there's a packet of Derwent pencils that are in this old cardboard ripped like almost about to fall apart box that kind of accordions out and it was all of the colors like crimson and uh, you know forest green it wasn't just primary colors there were all these beautiful um, names for for the different colors and we had to if we wanted to use them we had to use a swiss army knife to sharpen them not a sharpener my dad wouldn't let me use the special pencils until i learned how to sharpen a pencil with a craft knife <laughs> <laughs> so he's like a four-year-old <laughs> sharpening with a knife <laughs> i think i learned when i was about seven it's like literally handing yeah. me like a, a sharp knife to sharpen all my pencils and i wasn't allowed to start until i sharpened them all there you go smart smart man <laughs> there's so many things about what you just said that reflect my childhood like my, one of my happiest places when i was a child was like spotlight yeah the local old lady craft shop yeah. <laughs> And it was just fascinated by like lace or the ribbon that also had all the fancy embellishments. And my mind would just instantly be a thousand miles away to what I could possibly create with that to do it justice. Yeah, I can resonate with that. Absolutely. Time just disappeared in those places. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's really says something about the times we're in right now too, when um, kids are wearing Paw Patrol tops and things like that. Whereas, you know, our mums had made pinafores and it was a different era, I'm sure. Super powerful to be able to do that. One of the very first things I did as soon as COVID hit was get online and buy craft supplies for my kids. <laughs> that wasn't for them. Who the hell was I kidding? No. <laughs> Feel the do and pencils ones like I always idolize, you know, the really big sets. I still go into office works and you know the ones that yeah. come in the tins? Yeah. 96 pencils and I'm just like even growing up me is like yeah. Ooh. I mean I wouldn't use them, but I'd like to have them. <laughs> now this is a big question as well, and I've also been really enjoying the answer to this because everyone in this issue they have yeah. a huge love of colour. And this is a pretty monumental question for some people and they've been finding it surprisingly hard. What's your favourite colour? Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to be with Pantone on this one. I reckon I have a favourite colour every year. (laughs) It used to be blue. Back in the day, it was blue everything. Then it turned to aqua. This is a bit of a nice progression. Aqua is lovely. Um, But recently it's been green. Green everything. I love Olive green, forest green. I think it's just got such a calming nature about it. But the last couple of weeks, orange is really, I realised. Could it possibly have something to do with the release of a new certain orange Well, I think that came, that the love of orange came just before that. And I realised how much I'm loving just the brightness and the happiness of it. And I always used to hate orange as a kid. So, yeah, who knows what 2021 will bring. It might be even a a red or a black. Goodness, (laughs) brace yourselves. But, yeah, I think just happy colours. Honestly, colour is the centre of all happiness, if you ask me. It makes everything better and everything happier. Make your mess less stressy and cheaper. Claire is offering all brand new listeners $10 off. Pop over to bombmaxi.com.au and use the code BRANDU to get yourself organised ASAP. Offer is valid until the 31st of March 2021, so get in quick. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to see more, 
subscribe to Brand New Magazine over at www.brandumagazine.com.au. Every three months you will receive the new issue direct to your inbox, full of gorgeous design, freebies and discounts, and interactive links that will allow you to connect with our contributors. And check out our Instagram for more inspiration to be your business and brand you.